but not everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> Only the first place or all three first places if it keeps going. <laughs> if you give me a trophy for fourth place, I'm throwing it away. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you right now. I will break it and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. Coming at you every week to talk all the things that make us love sports. The games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. The Mark. I almost said the March man. I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to go to the Walmart. Uh, I like indefinite articles, okay? <laughs> Can we just start over? Absolutely. Hello there, sports fans. Welcome back. It's the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast, your go-to home for all late-breaking news, information, and the gossip about the SEC. (laughs) And I'm joined by my co-host, Darren, who always is up to date on the latest gossip. What's going on in the rumor mill? Darren Shavers, (laughs) he knows. That's right. On some days, depends on. (laughs) I tell you what, there weren't many rumors as much as just absolute facts of what went down on the field this week. Wasn't it? It's a little crazy. Some of the it, it was, was an crazy. exciting week. It was an exciting week of, of football for sure. I don't know, even if it didn't go the way you wanted it to for your team, which you and I both have that pain. Uh, it's it was an exciting week of football for sure. You uh, there were some fun fun games and entertaining games. Maybe is a better way to say it to watch in the SEC this week for sure. So I was down in South Louisiana this weekend and, and watched the LSU Ole Miss game, which I'll talk about in a little bit. A very, very painful experience on, yes. the, on that Saturday night. But then as I was coming home Sunday, I, I took some different state highways and went up driving through miles and miles of sugarcane fields, way above the sugarcane was way above my head. And mm-hmm. there's even a sign at one point said, welcome to Sugarland." And I said, this is exactly what I need. This is going to help my healing process <laughs> after the debacle Saturday night. And I almost wanted to just park the car and just sit there by the sugarcane and just <laughs> take it in. <laughs> I don't blame you. You you, got to have something right when you when you have when you have a weekend like both of us experienced. You got to have something to try to make it better, right? (laughs) We're all looking for signs. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) What a great weekend it was, and uh, we we're going to talk about our takeaways in just just a moment, but. when you look at this this weekend and one thing we we keep finding Darren is as far as the playoffs the field is wide open this has been yeah, such absolutely. an unpredictable college football season yeah I, I think you're exactly right and to me that's truly one of the big headlines of uh, you know of the season we saw a little bit of it start to develop a little bit last year with some of the teams that you always kind of see at the top not necessarily being there, but I mean, look at where we are right now. We're what five weeks about to start our six week of the season, and we're looking at teams like uh, Clemson that are that are not in the top twenty five. You know, A and M that you're accustomed to not in the top twenty five. We're actually in in one of my uh, takeaways. We're going to talk a little bit about SEC standings, but when you look at that, I mean, just just within the conference that that, that we love and cover, how different things look 
this year compared to many, 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 many years past, you know, what we're all accustomed to. And, and, and then when you expand that out to what you said about the playoff field, I mean, wide open is the perfect word because there is no, I don't think you could sit down and say, well, here are the definitive four. You can't shake me from this. I know how it's going to, I mean, people can say that, but I don't, I don't think that's realistic because there's just so much. Can you imagine if we had a 12 team playoff this year, how wide open just, I mean, that would be, an IndyCar race, yeah, <laughs> just craziness with movement all over the place, not knowing who's where and what's going to happen. That that would be crazy if we had if we had a twelve team playoff this year. Just think about it; it's, it's coming, but I can't imagine, like you said, that happening no. this year. But one no. thing that is predictable mm-hmm. is the state of the art graphic design that we have here at the brew and shaver sports podcast as you look behind it makes my ear disappear (laughs) when darren moves to his left half his head disappears Uh, i am being slowly consumed by this giant helmet behind me and it seems to it's taking me (laughs) and it seems to want to eat your mustache at times have you noticed that i I don't know what that's about spots like I, I look at it. My first thought is, oh, my goodness, when's the last time I went to the dermatologist? I better go. What is that? I did not see that yesterday. I've got a hole right here. What happened? She always tells me if you're going to be in the sun, use sunscreen. And, and that's very important. Apparently. It is very important. Yes. But, so anyway. But, hey, we hope that the lack of state-of-the-art graphics helps make you a little more comfortable with us and remembering that we're just a couple of guys who like to talk about sports and we think it's really cool that you watch or you listen and you you join us so So let's get into our week five takeaways darren what's your first takeaway from this past weekend of football well my first takeaway i've already alluded to it a little bit is is the fact that we are still very obviously living in the upside down. I mean, when you look at, I, I, we talked about how crazy the entire picture of college football is and, and, and then honed that in just a little bit or focused that in just a little bit on the SEC. If we were in next year's scenario of no divisions and the top two teams were uh, no matter Again, regardless of any division, because there, there wouldn't be any of the top two teams are just the top two teams, by, according to record right now today, number one and number two would be Kentucky and then Georgia. And three and four would be Alabama, A&M, followed by Alabama, then A&M, followed by number five, Missouri. Now, you tell me if that's not living in the upside down. The SEC has become Hawkins, Indiana, and the upside down has complete and total control. Because, I mean, think about saying a sentence like, if the season ended today and there were no divisions, our SEC championship game would be Kentucky versus Georgia. Mm. Tell me that's a sentence you ever anticipated saying in any form. Now, give it to Mark Stoops. What started out started five and zero for the third time in six years or something like that I believe is is what I've heard or, or what I heard on, on a podcast uh, today, 
So you got to give him props, but still at the same time, even though what he's doing at Kentucky is incredible, it is not, oh, obviously I expected them to be in the SEC championship incredible. Let's let's just be honest <laughs> about that. So to me, that's that's a pretty crazy and definite sign that we are still, once again, completely and totally living in the SEC upside down. What's your first takeaway, Ben? The further we move from the crazy year of 2020, it just seems to want to tag yeah. along with us. Yeah, it really does, especially in football. <laughs> So my my first takeaway is a special message directed to all of the University of Kentucky football fans out there, starting with head coach Mark Stoops. I hope it's not too late to apologize, but I seriously underestimated you last week against Florida. Maybe it was history. I don't know. You just beat Florida for the third straight year. But I still didn't believe in what you were selling. And yesterday or, or Saturday, you came out and you dominated Florida. You were the better team. And it could have been a lot worse if you had kept your foot on the gas pedal. But you let up, even though years ago, Spurrier would not have let up on you. You showed That's some right. compassion. That's right. <laughs> and so... I am sorry, Kentucky, for underestimating <laughs> you. Mark Stoops continues to do a great job in the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of passion up there. And they're heading into Athens for a huge showdown with Georgia. However mm -hmm. that goes, uh, you can't deny the, the, the strides that Kentucky football has made. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Great takeaway. What's your second takeaway, Darren? Well, speaking of having to apologize, I, I was very clear a couple of weeks ago when I said Big Game Lane had left the Ole Miss building and that there was no such thing as Big Game Lane, Big Game Lane and he could not um, win the big game, uh, especially against Alabama, which we still are very clear about that, that that's the case. But even in, in games against ranked opponents, he couldn't seem to pull it off. He had a losing record. Well, apparently what Big Game Lane needed was for uh, Big Game Junkins to show up, and he did. Because uh, not only did, you know, everything we talked about needing to happen for them to win the Alabama game happened in this LSU game. The, the rushing attack opened up. It, it opened up passing lanes. Jackson Dart looked like a uh, a freaking NFL first rounder. I mean, just throwing it all over the field, running all over the field. Uh, now, and I'm sure you'll have some points to make about this later, so I won't go all into it, but I think some of that has, it has more to say about LSU's defense maybe than all of a sudden LSU or Ole Miss is this, you know, offensive juggernaut that nobody can ever stop. I don't know that that's the case, but, a lot of things happen, and, and I don't think you can argue the fact that that for the most part, when you walk through the play calls, that that it was a good offensive game plan. It was a good game that was called, and, and you got to give credit where credit is due. So, big game lane still goes in his tent, zips up the front, and hides in the corner when Alabama rolls into town. Outside of that, I think he showed a little bit of improvement and a little bit of big game lane coming back and saying, well, here I am. I'm giving this a shot again this week. So I have to give credit where credit is due. Big game lane showed up for this big game this past weekend. Yeah, he did. 
He called a great game <laughs> to my team's detriment. I was to say, I don't mean to pour salt in the wound, I promise. <laughs> yeah, what did they say about Vanderbilt fans? If you live in a glass house, you better not throw stones. <laughs> We wouldn't even need Big Game Lane. Uh, we, we, he, big Game Lane wouldn't have to show up to be Vanderbilt. So. <laughs> he could send a couple of assistants and maybe a GA uh, to <laughs> take care of Vanderbilt this year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What's your second takeaway? <laughs> a thought occurred to me, and I heard it on Feinbaum today, and I also some other shows have been talking about it. Why isn't Brock Bowers, tight end extraordinaire from Georgia, being talked about in the Heisman talk? Why has the Heisman become focused on quarterbacks almost exclusively? There is a an award for the best quarterback in college football. It's a Davey O'Brien award, specifically for the best quarterback. The Heisman is supposed to go to the best player in college football. But for some reason, we focus solely on court. When you look at the front runners this year, they're all quarterbacks. But is there anybody who is more important to their team right now than Brock Bowers? Look, go back to the Auburn game. They they were struggling. They, they've struggled several times in games this, this year. And Brock Bowers is the guy that always comes up with a big play. I, look, he plays tight end. Should that exclude him from the Heisman, the position he plays? Or should we go back and actually look at who is the best player this year? So I'm getting on the Brock Bowers Heisman train. I think he should be one of the front runners based on what he's done so far. I, I th and so that's a great point. And, and you and I have talked uh, uh, just in conversation and we've talked on the show how ridiculous we think it is that it, it's become a QB only uh, award. Uh, but I also those are great, great points, especially about the Auburn game. I mean, he took that game over the way you would expect a quarterback or running back to do and, and wield that team to that spot uh, on that day. And I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't think you can argue that point. I, I think that's very, very obvious that that's exactly what he did. Yeah. What about your third takeaway, Darren? Well, my third takeaway is from this past week, but not necessarily exclusively about football. I want to say when it comes to the, to the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast and especially our YouTube channel, Oklahoma fans, we see you. We are so happy to have you in the SEC, even if other people think you're not yet. We know that you are. Uh, we are so happy to have you in the SEC, and we're especially happy to have you uh, commenting and, and interacting with us on uh, on social media uh, the way that you are, specifically the YouTube channel. Uh, Boom to the Sooner, 7426, Todd Brothers, 1520, Caleb Pape. These are all people that are specifically just OU fans that have, have interacted, had comments, liked videos. Uh, our um, video that we threw up about uh, uh, or, or put up on the channel that was one of the takeaways from a couple of weeks ago about Oklahoma maybe giant killers this year. Oklahoma fans have absolutely loved that. It's been one of our most viewed videos on the channel. So Oklahoma fans, we see you. We thank you. We love it. 
keep it coming. We we accepted you in early, and, and we are thankful that you are you are jumping in with us. That, that you are now a part of the SEC family. Come on in, keep talking. Uh, I think you're going to like what we have to say this week as well. I think you're going to be glad that you're listening and, and, and that you're on board. So Oklahoma fans, we see you and, and we love having you a part as a part of the conversation. And to go along with that great point, Darren, because we do love the, the feedback from, from different Absolutely. fans and we're getting quite a bit from OU fans to go along with that theme. There's a special gift that the Brew and Shaver sports podcast wants to give to all of you. OU sooner fans. This is for you. <laughs> just soak it in live it up just enjoy enjoy <laughs> that, that's that's, that's well earned your team that's is right your team that's is exactly right and what's your uh what's your third takeaway my third takeaway is a point that you have made very well already darren about bobby petrino is he the quarterback whisperer the Texas A&M lost uh, their quarterback, Connor Wegman, who was having already a phenomenal start to the year. He's replaced by Max Johnson, the transfer from LSU. Now, Max had his ups and downs at LSU, and one of the reasons he transferred was pretty much when Brian Kelly came in and said, you're not going to be the guy. Right. So he left to go to A&M. He did not win the starting job at A&M, but as often happens, the unpredictable. Someone gets mm -hmm. hurt. Unfortunately, you never want to see someone get hurt, but that gave Max Johnson the opportunity to go in the starting role. And there was a lot of speculation. How's he going to do? Is he going to do as good as Connor Wegman? Well, so far, he's playing at a very high level. Is that directly related to Bobby Petrino? I, I don't know. They've got a huge game coming up with Alabama. Max Johnson mm -hmm. has played against Alabama before as a quarterback for LSU. So I don't think. He's going to get overwhelmed by the moment, but I like what I'm seeing here. And this is this could turn into, Darren, an incredible story of a guy that it didn't turn out the way he wanted it to at LSU. He gets this second chance at AM. So I, I, I'm watching this with eager anticipation to see mm -hmm. what Max Johnson does the rest of this year. Yeah, like you said, we've talked about it. That's a great takeaway, and 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 you can't help but be excited for him. You know, regardless of all the other, you know, obviously we we think that Bobby Petrino obviously has something to do with it. But as watching him, how things started for him at LSU, how it ended up, like you said, when Brian Kelly came to town, you can't help but be excited for him as we watch what's going on at A and M because he he stuck with it. He's he's he, you know he's put in the work. And, and, and here we go with him having this opportunity. So excited for him. It's going to be interesting to watch this weekend for sure. And people taking advantage of the opportunities they're given mm -hmm. is really the foundation for this week in sports history. So go, let's go ahead and take a listen. October 6, 1990, Colorado versus Missouri becomes one of the most controversial games ever played because of an officiating error that gave Colorado an extra day. Colorado trailed Missouri 31-27 with no timeouts and 31 seconds left at Missouri's three-yard line. On first down, Colorado quarterback Charles Johnson spiked the ball 
to stop the clock. On second down, Eric the enemy ran to the right and was stopped. Colorado called a timeout and the chain crew failed to flip the down marker during the timeout. On the next play, the enemy ran the ball again and was stopped short of the goal. On what should have been the fourth down, but was marked third, Johnson again spiked the ball. This should have been a turnover on downs in the end of the game. On the following play, fourth down according to the marker, but fifth down in reality, Johnson kept the ball in score. Colorado won 33-31 and went on to share the national title with Georgia Tech. Oh, thank you. Let's move into our CBS Sports Pick'em update, the weekly contest we have that we encourage all of you to participate in. Yes. Darren, how are the standings looking this week? Are you still are you still winning? Let's see. Well, look, would you look there? Uh, <laughs> I, I am, but not alone. Not alone. You know, last week, because of the of the perfect game that Paul pitched, he jumped into a tie for first place. He maintained that this week. Uh, and then now Zach has jumped in. Uh, he did not throw a perfect game this week, but he did uh, jump right up to a, a, make it a three-way tie for first place. And you, sir, are still there, just one point behind in what is technically fourth place, but second place. You're still right there at the top. You know, if you're one point away in the fourth quarter, you're exactly where the coach wants you to be. You've got a chance to win it. So. You're you're still right there. I'm still ranked higher than the LSU defense. That's very very. <laughs> There's got to be a joke somewhere there about, about the points as well. But I, I'm just I, again don't want to pour salt. No, don't don't want to. <laughs> Let's see what's next. What could be? Oh, that's what you. That's why you were silent. You were waiting on that, weren't you? <laughs> Look at that. It's pretty. It's pretty close. I, I again. Just, I just make it. There's that thing on my lip. Oh my yeah. goodness. Oh, I had the same thing happen. I had like half my hand disappear there for a minute. It's I don't the, know what's <laughs> the black hole. <laughs> we are in the upside down. That's what... <laughs> so, again, please, uh, please sign up. Uh, yes. You can still participate, make your picks. And as Darren pointed out in Paul's case, he made, he picked perfect and he's right up there at the top it, it doesn't take long if you if you get the picks right you're going to climb up pretty fast and one of the things we're going to start doing this week is we're going to make sure there's always 10 games to pick we won't talk about all 10 games because we're just going to cover the sec in the games that we pick and talk about on the show but you and i is kind of like a, a manager special i guess <laughs> we will pick uh we'll we'll pick uh, enough games like this week i think we'll end up picking three or four games that are going to be fun maybe top 25 games exciting games in other conferences uh that, that that we'll be paying attention to just as football fans we'll put those on there as well and those will count that way even if you jump in late you still have a chance with there being 10 games uh, every week to pick from. You still got a chance to really climb up and, and, and make some make some ground up. So we'll going forward for the rest of the regular season, we'll have at least we'll have 10 games uh, every single week to pick, even if some of them aren't SEC games. 
want to make sure everybody has a chance, right? A lot more fun. That's right. That's right. But not everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> Only the first place or <laughs> all three first places if it keeps going. <laughs> if you give me a trophy for fourth place, I'm throwing it away. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you right now. I will break it and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into our picks for this week. The 23rd ranked LSU <laughs> Fighting Tigers, who tumbled quite a bit, uh, are traveling to uh, Missouri to face Eli Drinkwitz's Drinkwitz. Wits. Drinkwitz. <laughs> Drink you can't mispronounce his name this week. You can't. His, his empire. And, uh, you know, I, I know we talk about we use the Darth Vader music mm -hmm. for Eli drink wits, but <laughs> well, I'm huh? saying that LSU is going to find a way to get things together. And you know what? There's another part to the story of Star Wars. It's not just Darth Vader. It's also those people that the rebellion. <laughs> Star Wars is a redemption story, and we're going to see it this Saturday. <laughs> At least I'm hoping, or I may, I may, I may not make the show next week. I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm going with LSU. How about, how about you, Darren? Well, I tell you, I, I'm really back and forth on this one. Uh, there are two things that that from both sides. Uh, give me pause or scare me a little bit if I'm a fan of either team. Number one, if you're an LSU fan, uh, you can't ignore how, I mean, just you talking about uh, nothing more than a, a strainer <laughs> that water ran straight through. That's what, from the word go, that's what the LSU defense looked like. I mean, you allow 700 yards of total offense, you, you have to own up to how bad your defense is. So to me, that really – just off of that one thing that gives Missouri kind of the edge. But then at the same time, even though Missouri's had a good defense this year, they haven't faced uh, Jaden Daniels. They haven't faced somebody that can do what he does and that can make you pay in so many different ways. Um, I think he's going to be the difference. I'm going to go with LSU. I was really back and forth on this one all, all or the last couple of days. Just really, really uh, concerned me about that the, the defense. But but I think he makes the difference. I I think even though Missouri is having a good year, they are five and zero. Oh, uh, we like what Eli Drinkwitz is doing. I think Jaden Daniels can put this team on his back. Diggs at running back can have a really, really nice game, and 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 those two guys can will this team to victory against a Missouri. So I, I'm going to go with LSU. I debated it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> a huge matchup on Saturday, the Red River rivalry, the yes, Oklahoma sir. Sooners and the Texas Longhorns mm -hmm. at the Cotton Bowl. Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, will be in attendance at this game. This is a huge game for both programs. Uh, Texas mm -hmm. ranked third and favored. Oklahoma rebounding very well this year. Uh, Brent Venables has them going in, a, in, in the right direction. They're ranked 12th. This is such a huge game for so many different reasons, uh, Darren. Uh, recruiting, mm -hmm. uh, the the, all the history that's involved here, both teams now moving into the SEC. 
-hmm. When I look at this game, uh, Darren, I I'm going to go ahead and pick first. I I'm going with the Sooners. I I I'm going to let – let's do it. Let's do it. Boomer Sooner. I think that Venables is going to uh, press the right buttons. I think Dylan Gabriel is going to have a monster game. And Texas is going to find the pressure of being favored a little too much to to handle. Mm -hmm. And OU is going to exploit that and come out with a, a big, big win. I'll make it short and simple. I am in complete and total agreement. Boomer sooner. I think Dylan Gabriel has the game of his life. 15 TDs, two interceptions so far this season. I think we see that Dylan Gabriel from the word go. This is an Oklahoma uh, underdog win. This is an Oklahoma victory. I'll say Darren, it again. Darren, you, you almost made me fall on my seat when you said 15 TDs. I thought you were getting ready to say, Dylan Gabriel, 15 TDs in this game. If I call that and it happens, now that's something. I think even Oklahoma fans may call you out on that one. Woo, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. <laughs> The 11th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide travels to College Station to face the Texas A&M Aggies, who are really having a good year, except for that one bad game in Miami. Mm -hmm. They seem to um, to have things going in, in a very good, uh, good, positive direction. I think that's about the third mm -hmm. time I've said the word direction in this podcast. <laughs> I, I need to have a thesaurus. A thesaurus. <laughs> A thesaurus nearby. Yes. A, a thesaurus. Anyway. That's my new favorite word, just for the record. <laughs> Darren, who do you like in this one? You know, I, this is another one that I've really had some difficulty with. Uh, it, it, to me, the obvious answer is Alabama, but you have to at least take a step back and, and, and take a moment to say, okay, but it is on the road. Uh, and Alabama has looked like a little bit of a different team this year than they would would in the past. I really want to buy into everything that AM is doing. <laughs> but, man, it's just like old Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. They've made me do it one too many times in the past. And, and for that, I'm a little bit afraid of them. Even with it being a home game, I'm still going to go with Alabama on this one. Who, who you got? One of the reasons Bobby Petrino was hired was to help AM, particularly in the SEC. Right now, the SEC West mm -hmm. is wide open. AM can get in the driver's seat with a victory over Alabama. I, I think they're going to do it. I, I think the Aggies pull out a win here. Wow. That's a great call. <sighs> Speaking of great calls, <laughs> you're not talking about the hiring of Clark Lee. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the Vanderbilt Commodores travel down to Gainesville to face the favored Florida Gators, unranked Florida Gators, but favored nonetheless coming off of their uh, defeat in Lexington. <sighs> Darren, I, 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 I want to support you and your team. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the UNLV Gators. I mean the Florida Gators. <laughs> they might as well be. It, I mean, does it does it really matter? I mean, it's just semantics. Which team it is at this point, uh, and, and it just no hurt feelings because I I agree with you. So no hurt feelings. I 
you talking about the shock of all shocks. If Vanderbilt wrote, I know Florida is not the Florida we're used to in the past, but there's just there's just not enough there this year. And this this unfortunately is going to be a a Florida win, and it's just going to add to the disappointment of this season for Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt fans. The Kentucky Wildcats coming off of their big win over Florida travel to Athens. Uh, I think Kentucky is ranked 20th now to, to face the number one ranked and undefeated Georgia Bulldogs. Granted, they look shaky at times. I don't think they're going to go into this game taking anything for granted. I think Kirby Smart's going to have them fired up, ready to play. Mark Stoops is going to have his guys fired up, ready to play. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I think that Georgia is going to have too much for Kentucky to overcome and the Bulldogs win. I'm in complete agreement. You know, one of the things that made last week happen uh, for Kentucky was the rushing game. You know, when you have one player, Ray Davis, that has 280 yards, you you better win that game. (laughs) You know, but the other side of that coin is when you look at their their passing offense, it it still was not there. Uh, We have not seen what we expected uh, from from their their passing offense uh, this year, I think that's going to be an issue. Uh, Florida showed a lot of lack of discipline that I don't think Georgia will show. Even though this is not the same Georgia we're, we're accustomed to over the last two seasons, they're going to be more disciplined than what Florida showed in, in dealing with a lot of the rushing tack and the outside zones uh, and, and and the counter traps and and, and plays like that. Georgia is going to deal with that much more effectively. It would be an incredible story. I think it would have a much higher likelihood if it was in Lexington instead of in Athens. But I I agree completely. This is definitely a Georgia win. And that takes us to the Arkansas Razorbacks traveling to Oxford to face the 16th ranked and favored Ole Miss Rebels coming off of an incredible offensive performance against LSU, a big win last week. Arkansas is stumbling somewhat. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, can they keep the momentum going, Darren? Who you have in this one? I, I, I think Ole Miss does definitely keeps the, the momentum going. As much as you'd like to see something positive happen for Sam Pittman at this point, I, it's it, that's still a possibility. You know, it's not the first time they've lost three or four games in a row uh, in his uh, uh, in his head coaching uh, time and, and tenure, and then they turned it around and, and ended up having a, a decent season. So that's still a possibility, but I don't think the turnaround starts this week. You know, they're already talking about even in his press conference on Monday, he's talking about making changes on the offensive line, looking at some different things offensively with the scheme. And when you start doing that kind of stuff, it may have a long-term benefit, but the short term, it could create some confusion and some difficulty that you even that you're not already having it and make things a little bit worse before they get better. So so I think this is an old miss win. Who do you think wins this one? I agree with you, Darren. Ole Miss. So remember to join our Bruin Shavers Pick'em. Go to CBS Sports, College Football Pick'em. Look for Bruin Shavers Pick'em. And then our password is Pick'em. That's P-I-C-K-E-M-1234 exclamation point. And the link is also down below in the comments. And if you're listening to this audio uh, in the show notes and show description, there will be a link there as well. You can just click on the link, go right to it, and use that password. Well, Darren, I do believe it's time for Four Down Territory.
You're in four down territory. Well, let's jump right in. Darren, who is your sure thing pick of the week? Well, you know, I I think you just have to go with the obvious if you're going to talk about the sure thing. So for me, the sure thing is Georgia. Great as the stories it would be, Georgia over Kentucky is the sure thing for me. How about you, Ben? I'm going to go out and say the sure thing for this week will be the winner of the biggest rivalry game this weekend. And I've been tuning up my voice. I was never asked to be in any kind of musical, but I've been practicing. Oh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. I've got this. Mark it down. The Sooners are going into the Cotton Bowl and they are going to beat the Texas Longhorns. Can I just say, I absolutely love making an upset pick a sure thing pick. That is magnificent. you talking about, we were talking to the Sooners fans saying, we see you, we hear you. I think the Sooners fans are going to hear you on that one. That's that's fantastic. How about your upset pick of the week? Well, I, I'm going to make my upset pick your sure thing pick. How's that? <laughs> I, I, I am... It's exciting to me that this is going to be an SEC game next year. How much fun is that? That mm-hmm. the Red River rivalry is going to be an SEC game next year. So that's super exciting. But I think part of what's going to make it even more exciting next year is how exciting of a game it's going to be, and Oklahoma wins it this year. I think that's going to add even more to it. So I think Oklahoma pulls off the upset, and it's a boomer sooner kind of Saturday. How about you? My upset comes with one caveat. As long as Jimbo Fisher can stay off the field, I've got that. <laughs> I've got the Texas A&M Aggies pulling off the upset at home over the Alabama Crimson Tide. That did you memorize some of your Aggie cheers or no? You don't. I don't I, know I, any of those. Cheers. Well, there's there's nineteen thousand of them. How would you? <laughs> I don't even know that the people there know them. They just hope somebody close to them does. <laughs> It, you know, it's kind of like, have you ever gone to the game where they do their fights or their alma mater or whatever, and, and you're looking around, and does anyone know this? <laughs> the the most known words of any alma mater, was it like the last six words? <laughs> that's, you guarantee everybody knows the last six words because that's when it gets the loudest. That's when everybody knows. <laughs> So when my, my son played football at East Texas Baptist University, we'd go to the games and they'd always do their song. And they're the Tigers, but there was this hand motion. I don't know. I don't even know how they did it. I remember looking over at people like, okay, do I put my index finger here? Where do I put my ring finger? You know, it, it, it's totally confusing. Everyone's got their own p- particular, here, here's our sign. And I don't know. I never figured it out. I hate to sound like two old men, but you know that's a that's a new thing. I don't remember when when I was in high school, and I'm assuming it was the same when you were in high school. We just had a song and we sang it, right? It was the alma mater. You sang it, you got through it. But you know, even when when my son in high school, going here locally, you know, everybody had their hands hooked and could kick their foot this way, and they're and I'm just like. Just, just sing. Let's, let's get through it and move on. <laughs> you don't even know the words like we've already talked about. 
Well, I go through all that. I agree. <laughs> a little bit of a sidetrack there. <laughs> what about your brown bag pick of the week, Darren? I'm going directly at Auburn fans. I understand excitement when things go a little bit better uh, than you anticipated them going. Believe me, I understand. Oh, look, my hand's being eaten. Uh, believe me, I understand as a Vanderbilt fan. That being said, if you look at any point of, of this game this past week and, and use the phrase, we're back or we're back, baby, that is a, a, a double bag, brown bag. Don't do it. Be excited that your defense looked the way it did, but you still can't throw a forward pass. You're not back. Let's not do that. If you're using that and you think it's a moment that says you're back, it's a brown bag moment. I feel better. How about you? What's your brown bag? <laughs> Darren, that's so well said. I agree with you 110%. Especially if you don't win the game, you're not back. Exactly. Exactly. Agree. Completely agree. So my brown bag pick of the week, let me start with some numbers. 55. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and that wow. is? 55 allowed. Uh-huh. 711 yards of offense allowed. Mm. Mm. 21 fourth quarter points allowed. Oof. 34 missed tackles. Mm. 31 points allowed per game up to this point in, in, in the college football season. A defense that ranks 108th. That's out of 133 teams. The second worst defense in the SEC. I'm sorry about this, Darren. <laughs> after Vanderbilt. You got to be good at something. Or first place in something. <laughs> And I got that statistic from Shay Dixon. I want to make sure I give credit to where credit is due. But I am just absolutely appalled at the LSU defense. Now, I listened to Brian Kelly today, and he said it's about teaching, about execution. He, he's saying all the things that a head coach is supposed to say. He's supposed to support right. his defensive coordinator. But when we're looking at this, this is a horrific run of, of horrible, absolutely horrible defense. Look. There is no learning curve in the SEC. You're getting four and five star players. Play mm -hmm. them, play them. Uh, the notion that we're gonna we're gonna stick with a veteran who's not performing well when you got a five star freshman on the bench. Throw the freshman out there. I mean, how much worse can you get? You just gave up 55 points, 711 yards of offense, 21 fourth quarter points. You missed 34 tackles. Get somebody on the field that can make a tackle. Go back, take him to rec ball on 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 some when you don't have a game and say, look how they teach these little kids how to tackle. Do y'all remember this? Do you remember this is how we tackle? Well so, said. Well, well said. I about lost my cool there. There's that, there's that black spot coming back. Your face started to melt. You there was so much heat in the moment. That's what that was. Darren, if you said LSU is going to score 49 points. Do you think they're going to win? I would take that bet every single time. Every time. Absolutely. Every time. To Absolutely. give up 55. Now, Lane Kiffin, all credit to Ole Miss. They played a great game. Lane mm -hmm. Kiffin, mm -hmm. man, he 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 was prepared. Incredible, incredible. So I, I definitely want to give them credit. But what yeah. an atrocious 
atrocious <laughs> showing <laughs> by the LSU defense. I, I'm just yeah. uh, so, so I know they're disappointed too, but as a fan, I, I think we we've come to expect more and yeah. um, they don't have um you don't get this, uh, we're in this learning curve or we're going to, this is, nope. no, uh, you better get it together this week at Missouri. Um, or people are going to start to seriously think, should we have hired Brian Kelly? Yeah. All great points. Very, very good points. Painful. And believe me, I understand, but great points. <laughs> Where's the Tylenol? Goodness. <laughs> Is this about over now? I got the shakes all of a sudden. Ooh, I'm sweating. <laughs> Diet, Diet Dr. Pepper, if you could come out with a drink that has acetaminophen, I think that would help. <laughs> this might help us get through the season at this point. <laughs> all right. Well, let's turn, let's turn to something that at least can make us smile. How about our post-game quote of the week. And, you know, when you're having the kind of year that uh, Kentucky is having, uh, our good friend Mark Stoops, you know, you can have a little bit of levity in your your uh, press conference, especially uh, w- when you're coming off a win like they had this week. So here's what um, Coach Stoops had to say about the, the Kentucky fan base and, and how the crowd reacted in the game this week. With the amount of beers that you asked Blue Boot Nation to pound this morning, <laughs> did you feel like you owed it to them to really give it to Florida in the first half? I, I absolutely had to start fast for them, you know, because uh, I asked them to start fast this morning. I, I, I think they did. I hope they behaved well or Mitch is going to give me give me a scolding. <laughs> so uh, so I, I hope uh, they behaved. But, uh, you know, I, I, we jump out at such a strong start and uh, – uh, you know, at the end, they were kind of quiet. I'm like, they, they just come to expect this kind of win now from, you know what I mean, from us. So, uh, no, we always appreciate it. It was a fun environment and really glad we got off to a good, fast start. <laughs> fun stuff. Good to see Coach Stoops smiling, and he did yeah. – uh, he did tell them to start early, didn't he? he? He did challenge them, and apparently from his perspective, they answered the bell. So <laughs> – <laughs> Well, thank you for answering the bell every week by yes. tuning in and watching us uh, on YouTube or listening to us, uh, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Uh, new episodes come out every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, on, on on the podcast platform that you listen to. Like it, comment on it. Uh, we, we value your feedback, and we're so grateful that you take the time to be a part of this show. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, and until next Tuesday, y'all take care. Have a great week. Thank you for making the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast your go-to sports show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show if you haven't already. Your feedback is important. Let us know what you think about this week's show. Send an email to brewandshavers at gmail.com or text to our text line, 318-390-3599. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. See you next week.